up, everyone? Welcome to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm your horror hostess, Tess Janos, and today is day 21 of 31 Days of Horror. To follow along on this scary series of scream-worthy stories, please follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast, Facebook at Facebook.com slash OCD Podcast, Twitter at Ongoing, po- Ongoing Comic Pod, and Patreon at Patreon.com slash OCD Podcast. Tons of wicked stuff happening over there. So we are 10 days away from Halloween and eight days away from OCD's second Halloween giveaway. On Thursday, October 29th, we will be giving away a very witchy package that includes a Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Volume 1 comic, a Sabrina and Salem Funko from the Netflix series, and OCD stickers. To enter is quite simple. Head on over to your social media of preference, follow ongoing comic book discussion podcast, and share your favorite OCD horror posts thus far. Tag OCD in your posts along with the hashtag 31 days of horror comics and you will be entered into the raffle. That's one entry per person and it's going to be a devilishly good time. Now to introduce today's scare host from a blustery, blistery burb in Chicago, the spooky gent from the Comics Culture and Cosplay podcast joins us on this day to talk more about the ghosts of comics past. He is Josh. What's up, Josh? Good evening, Tess. I'm so spooky. Di- I, I got nothing. Okay. I, I, I can't, I, I'm not Rod Sterling. I'm not Vincent Price. I'm not even going to try. That, you're Josh. That's, that's yeah, all that I'm counts. Josh. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's up, Josh? Eh, not much. Not much. And thank you so much for having me back for another fright-filled fun fest. I have been loving 31 Days of Horror so far. It is... <laughs> It is it is different, and that's what I love about it, because I don't know of any other podcast that has gone to this level of commitment that you have, <laughs> and that's I'm saying that based on years of listening to podcasts, okay? So anyone out there who's like, oh, wait, but what about... I'm sorry, no. Anyone who is willing to commit to doing 31 straight days of horror-related content, you got nothing. You got nothing, people. You're bums. You're a bum, Rock. No. Oh my gosh. No, this has been just such a fun ride. I can't believe we're at 21. Every like I think when I got to like 15, I was like, "Oh my god. We're halfway." Holy moly. Um, oh gosh, it's just like so many cool things happening every single day. Everything's different and uh no, it's been a really fun ride and I know it's we're kind of rounding down. We're we're after this we'll be in the single digits uh till the end uh till Halloween anyway, and uh, I will miss it. I will miss it. I will. It's been a fun time. But Josh, this episode isn't about me. This is about you and your love for comics, my friend. Um so because this is a Halloween episode, can you tell me what does Halloween mean to Josh? That is a good question. When I was a kid, it meant dressing up in a silly costume and going out with my parents and Zach and trick-or-treating for a while and getting free candy. Mm-hmm. Now, as I'm older and I've just kind of grown out of that, and I know that's crazy to say because I do cosplay at conventions and stuff, but that's just it. I cosplay at conventions. Like, dressing up on Halloween just kind of loses its edge when I'm always going to <laughs> conventions and like suiting up as my favorite fictional characters. But Halloween to me means relaxing, enjoying myself because of course here in the Midwest, we tend to get the, the like I can't, I, I'm thinking back to like the past couple Halloweens and we've had just either 
bone dry hot weather or ch- chilling freezing rain. So oh. for me, it's it like it's just it's not fun to go out anymore. Mm. For me, it's just about kicking back, relaxing, maybe put on some Vincent Price, Hammer, Edgar Allan Poe movies, there or see go. what Sven Gulli's got playing for his Halloween special, or I don't know, I'll 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 watch. Maybe I'll watch Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp or, you know, Bela Lugosi and Dracula. Like, I'll basically just bust out some classic horror flicks and call it a day. I, that's that's the way to go, man. Um, yeah, it's it's always so hot here in L.A. or it's, like, just right. But I remember living, like, because I'm from the South and some Halloweens are like, wait, I, I have to wear tights with this because it's freezing outside. Like, you know, you got your costume and your costume requires, like, bare legs and wearing a skirt or something. And I, I would always get so upset because I was like, no, it doesn't go with the costume. And my mom's like, cool, well, you're going to freeze because it's freezing. I'm like, ah, So I... I totally feel you, man. That's that's the way to go. <laughs> Just be inside all day. Yes, I'm an adult. I'm late. I'm I'm getting lazy as I get older, and I'm not sorry. Don't be sorry. It's all good as long as you pay your bills. You're good. Um, so cool, man. Oh, also, I forgot to mention that Josh is the official historian, comic historian here on OCD. He does have a really fun series um, about history of comics back in. Uh, you know, the ye old days of early September, he rele- we released uh, the first episode where he explains everything about the Golden Age, and then he's going to come back in January for the Silver Age. Um, but this series, this comic here is no different from the likings of uh, the comics that you usually like, Josh. This is a very old comic. Today we are reviewing Mr. Monster. Yes, 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 yes. Issues one and two of Michael T. Gilbert's Doc Stern, Mr. Monster, originally published by Eclipse Comics in 1985-1986. And, okay, so there was actually, um, was it a foreword or an introduction from uh, Michael T. Gilbert, and he says that this, he recreated this story, correct? Yes. Well, the original Mr. Monster was published in Canadian comics by a gentleman by, uh, under the, uh, named Fred Kelly, and he only appeared twice in these uh, comics in 1940s Canada. Triumph Comics number 31 in 1946, and Super Duper Comics number 3 in 1947. And if you do, you can still find scans, I believe, of those two issues floating around the internet possibly somebody took like a high uh, high grade copy of the comic mm. carefully scanned it into their computer i haven't found it yet but i've seen pictures of kelly's old artwork mm-hmm. and the costume is literally the same all michael t gilbert did and when i say all he did that's in addition to taking a character who only appeared twice in the golden yeah. age and reinvented him, trademarked him, so now it is trademarked under Michael T. Gilbert, which, hey, good for you, man. And he gave him, just updated everything, updated persona, updated characters, everything. And that's one of the reasons why I like him, Mr. Monster, in addition to the goofiness of the comics, as well as the horror element, is that it's one of those examples that we talked about in our Golden Age episode of how a character can be kind of just, you know, left on the refuse uh, pile by the taste changing mm-hmm. tastes of the 1940s mm-hmm. and then is resurrected Phoenix-like in another time in another place. 
which reminds me, just talking about that, we will definitely have to do an episode devoted to Airboy at some point, who okay. I think you will definitely love. He's another Eclipse character who, same thing, 40s character got re- resurrected in the 80s. Uh, ironically enough, also under the banner of Eclipse Comics, and it's just been trailblazing ever since. But we're not here to talk about a flyboy. We're here (laughs) to talk about the bane, the scourge of the monster community, the man with the fastest fists in the East, and a twin pair of 45s, Doc Stern, (laughs) Mr. Monster. Mr. Monster. No, I uh, I picked this up. I looked everywhere because you suggested this a long time ago because I think I put a poll up on Instagram when I was starting the series and I was just like, what's everybody's favorite horror comics? And you're, you were like, Mr. Monster. And then you sent me uh, like an email with um, links to everything Mr. Monster. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and then when I started, when I said that I was going to do this 31 days, you were, I was like, well, we have to do Mr. Monster. And I looked everywhere for it and you've been looking everywhere for it we found it on a website but my computer wanted to hate it hated that website so i was like all right i gotta go find it so i looked on amazon i finally found this like 10 issue volume but it's like it there's like two left and then like it was really hard for you to find the same ones it was just it's difficult to find but when i dig into him i realize that he's this version of him is really beloved so it's ironic to me that we that he's not be able to be found you know well it, it it's it's not so much that it's hard to find him because uh michael t gilbert has been publishing mr monster ever since he brought him you know back to a new life under the eclipse banner in the 80s and because he trademarked him that meant he could take him wherever he went so mm. Uh, Dark Horse for, uh, has been doing a lot of Mr. Monster stuff over the years uh, under Michael T. Gilbert. So the trade you're talking about specifically was uh, Tales uh, Books of Forbi- Book of Forbidden Secrets Volume 1, which reprints the first five issues mm-hmm. of the very first run of Mr. Monster from Eclipse. So that is hard to find. Like I'm still trying to I'm still trying to get my hands on a copy of that volume. I I, I ref- I'm I'm being an idiot. I just don't want to give Jeff Bezos my money because I know you oh, got your copy Amazon? off of Amazon. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I really don't want to give Bezos my money. Uh, <laughs> it, it's gonna if it has to, it'll be a last resort. But yeah. that the 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 book you have is such a gorgeous book. I mean, you know, beautifully bound, first five issues with a mm-hmm. foreword by the creator, uh, Mr. Gilbert, and yeah, I don't know why I like Mr. Monster. I think it's because I'm a big fan not just of superheroes obviously and like older stuff but if you do your if you dig in a little the 80s was kind of the boom of the indie comic publisher market you know you had mm. indie comics that were big in like the 60s and the 70s and everything but the 80s was the was the time of the indie comics company you had first comics you had eclipse to- comics you had a lot of different companies that popped up all over the country that had really great content and then they just kind of a lot of them went by the wayside because of things like bankruptcy or I know one company was forced to close down because a flood destroyed all of their back stock oh so they lost money completely wow so it it, 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 it it stinks but then you know we have great stuff like Mr. Monster which is reminds us of those glorious times so let's sink our teeth into these first fabulous uh, two fangtacular issues of Doc Stern Mr. Monster. Mr. Monster. T. Gilbert. Yes. Well, I actually, I, before we do that, and I absolutely can't wait to do that, um, I want to talk about Mr. Monster himself. Like, yes. uh, the actual guy. So he is, this is like a tongue-in-cheek 
classic horror adventure kind of dude. He slays the, um, just, you know, like your classic monsters. Like we got the werewolf in here. Um, that's one of the first ones we'll talk about. He's just, he's just this normal guy. Well, from what I've interpreted, he's just this normal guy that lives in this creepy mansion on a hill with this beautiful goddess, like, um, assistant. I'm not quite sure. Is that his love? Uh, the term, the, uh, the term is girl Friday. They're going a little old school there. Okay. Kind of okay. like how Tess, kind of like how Tess Trueheart is some is the sometimes Girl Friday of Dick Tracy, you know, before they fi- before he finally got his head together and you know made an honest woman out of her. Oh goodness! Well, so yeah, yeah so it's like super old school. He like he uh, Gilbert really did keep like the golden age alive by keeping the those types of of like. Um, Phrases. words phrases yeah exactly yeah. so her name is kelly and they live together in this mansion and then just random things like you know this werewolf which we'll talk about knocks on his door and needs assistance um but he's always in the face of some horrible monster thing and what i think is so funny is that he's not really anything like super special he's like muscular and he has a, like you said two guns and and he's so, and he's got PhDs and everything cuz he is actually yeah. a doctor and stuff like he's not just called Doc Stern for the sake of you know having a catchy nickname or whatever like he is a certified medical practitioner he's also clearly a brilliant enough scientist to yeah. develop different formula and chemicals and weapons to fight against the you know legions of you know monsters and creepy things and whatnot but I, I, I do, like you were talking about, I love that they just, that he and Kelly just hang out in this, like, Adam's family, yeah. House of Secrets, <laughs> House of Mystery mansion on the top of the hill. Yeah. Because it's so cliche, but it's so delightful in the cliche that you can't help but love it. Yeah, yeah, you, you love it. And it's funny because, like, no part of this is to be taken seriously. Like, this is all for just pure fun and, like, sarcasm and like little jokes here and there and these characters that they build are so funny but like on top of that and what's probably like for me what was like 75 percent of the story was the freaking artwork oh my gosh yes gilbert's art is gorgeous and i know you were talking about um back when you first got the trade how your husband john was uh, looking at the artwork too and I think mm-hmm. you said he was going to try to like steal it from you to read it first or something yeah he got really yeah he he then he bought like uh five uh Mrs. Marvel comics and he's been in that but uh <laughs> he, he did pick it up and he flipped through it and he's like oh this looks amazing like it's just there's a hundred things happening at the same time too like there's there's it's a lot and like I will say that this is even though like it's incredible and there's like art everywhere it was at some points it was so old like comic-y type of vibe that it was almost too too much too too hard for me to understand I was like where am I we're up and down we're over sideways there's like words going in circles and and then the panels are changing every other but it's it's incredible I'm like man like you just really have to take your time with this one you know what I mean yeah you really do and I think I, I consider that a positive more than a negative. Yeah. Because with with your typical comic book, you know, you can go left to right and down and then keep going and keep going and keep going and you're absorbing the page, you're absorbing the story, you're looking at the artwork. But with Mr. Monster, you're really forced to stop 
actually read everything to see mm-hmm. what is going on because it all is part of the scene. It's all part of the world building of that particular issue. And also, for me, it's just really hard to not want to take my time sure. to to read uh, Gilbert's scripts and to also just look at the artwork because, like we've been saying, it's just absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous artwork. And I cannot wait to see, you know, I like I, I really hope after doing this we see some just like you know increased posts from people with mr monster artwork floating around the internet because it really is gorgeous stuff it is it totally is like every part of this is like the whole thing is a piece of art which is above all if you're just gonna like have this in your house like just to flip through it you're gonna see something that you haven't seen before like if i were to go through this again like i'd be like oh i didn't see that guy over there like there's literally so much happening at once the font changes constantly like everybody has their own type of caption and word bubble and font it's like very unique and very detailed like very everything is very carefully considered um so it's like it's not meant to blaze through in a couple hours you're supposed to like take your time with each story because like it's not a continuous story either like these are very different issues like you know what i mean yeah, there, that's the, that's another thing I love about Mr. Monster, uh, especially this first series, was that each issue was a self-contained story or like a single issue could have up to three stories. I know like issue five had like three different stories crammed in its pages, which meant that, you know, back then in 1985, 1986, you were definitely getting your bang, the bang for your buck when you put down for an issue of Mr. Monster or, you know, you got a nice self-contained story like in these first two issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is great. I think that's fun sometimes when it's not always continuous. It's like, okay, I read my story for the day. You know, like yeah. Monster Monsters, Mr. Monster saves the day again. Dun, 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 you know what I mean? Like, he's cool. He's cool. Oh, and also I love at the end, before the next issue, how they like advertise. They're like, be there or or else or like, or beware, yeah. you know, like different Yeah. It's yeah. very, it, it, it's very tune in next time horror yeah. kind of thing. Like what you would get, get from the old horror TV shows and stuff, you know, about like, hey, make sure you don't miss us next time. Or, you know, like there'll be a curse over you or something like that. It's it, it, like you said, it's tongue in cheek, but in a good way. It's yeah. just the right amount of corny to make it appealing it's not overly so that it makes you just go what the heck is going on put this down get it away from me all right i'll go read like i'll go read saga or terminator or batman versus predator or something yeah batman versus predator that's a comic yeah uh in the 90s dark horse did a crossover with batman versus predator oh my god who won (laughs) <laughs> I uh I think it ended in a I, the first one ended in a stalemate because uh the predator acknowledged that Batman is a worthy opponent and everything. Wow. And also it helped that Alfred um was a total badass at one point. Total sidebar. Yeah, the predator figures out where the Batcave is and Alfred shoots him with a blunderbuss after it- <laughs> admonishing him for invading their home. I love Alfred. He's amazing. Um, well, that's that's what's missing from this mansion. Actually, is an Alfred here uh, in this. Yeah, Mr. there's Monster there's mansion. no there's no there's no butler, and yet you got a Gal Friday in there. So it's kind of <laughs> like okay, butler on one hand, Gal Friday on the other. Both are equally awesome. How yeah. can like like you know like you can't really pick and choose who your associate is. Yeah, that yeah, that's true. 
well, anyway, so let's dive into these issues. So Josh and I, before the uh, the show here, we were like, which ones are we going to do? Which ones do we love the most? And we decided the two that we really, really liked, and we like all of them, really, um, is The Reluctant Werewolf and uh, Hemo Boy. So we're going to start yes. with The Reluctant Werewolf. So Josh, take it away. Okay, so first issue, nice self-contained story. A poor, poor guy by the name of Myron Klotz shows up on uh, Doc Stern's doorstep. He has been turned into a werewolf, Mm -hmm. but he wants Doc to change him back because he doesn't want to be a werewolf. You know, he's like an actuary or an accountant or something like that. He's just a normal dude with a normal job who unfortunately happened to get bit by a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want this. He doesn't want to be like some, you know, cursed evil thing. He just wants to have a normal life. And also because he has a really special gal in his world and he doesn't want to take the risk of him turning into a werewolf one night and hurting her. So it's very noble. But the thing I love is uh, right at the beginning is Doc's initial reaction. It's like, werewolf draws gun. <laughs> Five seconds, buddy. So it's very it's very shoot first, ask questions later on the initial outset. You're like, dude, wait, you're supposed to be a good guy. And you're going to shoot this poor innocent guy just because he also happens to be a werewolf? Like, take it down a notch, Doc. Yeah. And then you realize that, like, well, okay, if he's constantly being attacked by monsters like vampires and werewolves and demons and strange scientific monstrosities run amok, you can't exactly blame the dude for constantly keeping a a loaded gun by his side. Yeah. (laughs) He's just reactionary, but he's also, he's not, he doesn't panic. He's kind of calm when he does it too. He's like, yeah, like he he doesn't, yeah, he just, he doesn't freak out. He's just like, give me one good reason why I shouldn't blow you away right now. (laughs) And the, the, the monster in this comic, the, the, this very first issue I love the name. He is a werewolf named Crudlick, which is just a great name for a bad guy in general. Like never like putting aside the fact that it's a, a specifically for a werewolf, but Crudlick is a good name for a villain. Like yeah. I would honestly, if any comic had a villain named Crudlick in it, I would be like, ooh. What are we getting ourselves into now? I like this. I like this. Well, even, I mean, the names and just the names of, of just the name of everybody, but also, um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, they say the words like forthwith, you know, the, to get on to the next thing. They use very like proper English terms to go on. It's very much like they're telling an old tale. You know, they use yeah. old English kind of ways. Yeah. Well, I think it's all for the dramatic effect, you know? Yeah. Because as much as this comic is a horror comic, it is also meant to be a bit of a humor thing as well. So it kind of makes me think of what would have happened if, and this is the craziest thing I'm ever going to probably say in terms oh. of what <laughs> if crossovers. It'd be like, what if Rod Ster- Rod Sterling and the Monty Python boys teamed up with Vincent Price to do some kind of like horror mm. comedy anthology series. Yeah, I guess so. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, very, very old comedy. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's That would be fun to see. <laughs> oh, God. Alternate universe where that happens. Yeah, somewhere. Okay, it's now a thing. Yes. It's now a thing. I have thought it. It is now a thing. Done. Yes, that's how, that is how it happens. So, uh, yeah, this guy has caught this wolf disease, and I just love how this progresses. He's like, 
I've found a gang of werewolves and I don't know if I should join them, but I've also found love. I don't know what I should. And it, it's a, a human love, a human woman loves him, you know, and then, and then this gang comes over to Mr. Monster's mansion because they're, they're looking for the guy. And then it's Mr. Monster versus the wolf gang. Like it's this whole scene. It's just beautiful artwork. Like I say like the artwork is the majority of this. Like we're basically just explaining a lot of the art. Like it's, it's just a huge fight scene. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Well, it, it, it it's hard to, it, you, people who look at this might be like, wait, how do you take this even remotely seriously? Yeah. It's like, well, well, again, it's a horror comic. So you do take it seriously enough because in any given scenario, if whether you're surrounded by a gang of zombies, a gang of ghouls, a gang of vampires, or in this case, a gang of werewolves, it's going to be serious. The funny element is the fact that the werewolves are just completely like flabbergasted that this dude with a pair of with with just two fists and a gun is yeah. mowing them down and turning them all into big ugly shag rugs essentially. I, I do love how he takes down Crudlick the first time. It's like, wait, what do you mean? You know, you shoot a werewolf, he should be dead, right? Right. Yeah, Crudlick is the exception. He's just very hard to kill, as it turns out. Right. I mean, aren't werewolves usually in uh, in stories? Well, I mean, you, silver bullet and everything, yeah. But you have to assume that if it's if it's Mr. Monster, that that forty five is loaded with, you know, ste- with, with, like, silver bullets with maybe like a silver core or maybe silver jacket with a steel core or something like that mm. oh well there you have it um yeah again, just... i don't know <laughs> it's like I, it depends what myth you believe it's like some vampire things are different like apparently in some they glow in the light <laughs> Ugh, no i no. don't no I, they don't I'm glitter s- i don't want glittery pretty boy vampires give me gary Why? oldman as <laughs> Because I'm not meant to th- find vampires attractive. But vampires that's how they lure scary. you. That's what. That's how they lure you, Josh. Yeah, maybe if you're the bride of Dr- brides of Dracula. If it's Dracula, I'm so scared that there's gonna be pee coming out of me. Especially yeah. if it's the especially if it's the Gary Oldman version. That was just scary. I haven't seen that one. Uh, oh, which one? It, which movie is that one? Bra- uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, starring Gary Oldman as Count Dracula, Anthony Hopkins as Professor Van Helsing, mm. a uh, Carrie Elwes as uh, Arthur Holmwood, like just a power cast. And I think, it, and I'm 95% certain it's been so long since I actually watched the movie because I, there's so many movies out there, but... Um, oh yeah, Winona Ryder as Mina Harker and Keanu Reeves, like a young 90s Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker. Amazing. Wow, I actually need to go watch that. That sounds amazing. (laughs) It it is good. And it's also probably the most faithful adaptation of the, uh, Drac, of of Bram Stoker's Dracula to date. Oh yeah, you've also got Tom Waits as, uh, Renfield, that, uh, insane guy in the asylum uh, Richard E. Grant is Dr. Seward. Like, there's just a bunch of big names in this movie. Have you ever seen uh, Dracula and Loving It? Oh, Dead and Loving It? Yeah, yeah well, Dead it, and it, Loving It. Of course. Come on. Of That's course. like, that, like what, what kind of question is that? Like, the well, because the what's the guy you just said rim rim something that Renfield. that's my favorite one yeah the, he plays the best one it's the it's the funniest one he just he has this kind of accent and it's and it's very like English but like 
muttery and anyway he's hilarious that reminded me of that um (laughs) too bad dracula's not in here because it would relate to this uh tangent we're going on but right uh, although a vampire vampire vampirism does show up very briefly in that first issue if you remember um because uh so doc gets Myron on the operating table because he realizes, hey, this is a oh, he's yes. a good dude, yes, 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 yes. He, and he tr- he's going to try he he's going to try to help cut out the uh, like the lycanthrope virus that's inside of him, and then Crudlet comes back, full of holes. Yeah. So Doc tells uh, tells Kelly to get him the ampule that is ca- that contains concentrated extract of vampire pulled from like the marrow bones of like three hundred something vampires, and he injects himself with it and becomes a full blown like vampire monster for like about a minute. In oh, order to kill Mr. Monster Crudlet. does. Yes. That's yeah. Right, like that's, right, inj- that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like you injected yourself with. <laughs> extract from 300 vampire marrows just to kill a werewolf dude extreme yeah. and i love that all this extreme stuff happens and everybody else around them is freaking out but kelly's just like it's a tuesday yeah it's like yeah this is normal for me this is nothing new and i guess <laughs> if you've been i guess if you've been the as- associate to somebody like mr monster for years you're used to monsters and like demons and crazy stuff just showing up at the mansion to want to kill your boss all the time but you're not worried (laughs) because your boss is like the baddest dude in the room it's like the best way to put it and is and i cannot believe i'm saying this mr monster is like john wick he always wins he always wins he'll take some lumps but he will always win because he does not back down and like John Wick, he is not afraid to use whatever is in front of him in order to beat the odds. <laughs> I mean, I mean, John Wick three. You know, he's running through that gallery of antique weapons, and he. I remember, you know, he takes apart all, he takes apart several guns just so he can use the bullets, and then he starts throwing knives at people out of display cases. It's like, oh. okay, innovative violence. I can get behind that. Innovative <laughs> violence to kill monsters. Gun yeah. doesn't work. Pure vampire extract. I know. Yeah, there's no and there's no bounds to this comic either. They go all the way over like you you can't predict it. It's and it's it's just it's it's fun. It's fun. You have to read it. Don't read it seriously. Read it for fun. Like it's and take your yes. time. Take your time. Um but yeah, I love how also he freezes all the werewolves in this giant ice cube to get them to stop attacking him while he yes. takes care of Crudlick. And then he puts um the guy that doesn't want to be a werewolf anymore onto the operating table and then he cures him. Like it's like bump up. Like it's just it it takes your emotions everywhere and then okay, he's cured, the end. And they all and they walked off into the sunset as humans again. Well actually no. Um I I'm trying to remember this. I'm with it's been about it's been a couple of weeks, but I seem to recall that he can't actually cure uh poor Myron uh Klotz's uh vampirism. So he has to end up uh, putting like some oh, sort of hip, yeah. he, doesn't he put like a, a like a hypnotic suggest? No, not a hypnotic suggestion. Yeah. He like puts some sort of thing yeah, into it's... his body. Yeah, he says when the moon is full and Myron's wolf hormones are triggered, my device is alerted and sends electrical impulses directly to his brain, putting him to sleep for the full duration of the full moon, effectively making Myron the world's first lycanthropic narcoleptic and thus totally harmless. So he doesn't like, yes, you're right. He doesn't totally cure him. Uh, he cures them in a way, but not 100% to where he can at least live a full, happy life where he doesn't ever turn into a werewolf again. <laughs> uh, Which is cool. I mean, 
But honestly, at the same time, it's like, if that's the best option in order to make sure that this, you know, poor guy isn't cursed for the rest of his life with being a werewolf, it's like, okay, yeah, he's still going to turn into a wolf, but all he's going to do is just basically sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the, that's the best thing you're going to do. Yeah. It's, it's pretty smart. Pretty smart. Um, Uh, We are, we are dealing with a very smart guy. We are. He's a doctor. Doctors are smart. Uh, I don't have a PhD. But, uh, okay. So, so the next one after that is the Hemo Horror. And yes. this is, this is our, our guy, our poor little Hemo boy. Um, do you want to explain what's going on with this poor guy? Well, <laughs> the strange yeah, he, story of Hemo boy. Yeah, well, you, 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 gotta, you gotta remember that there's a prologue to this, which yeah. is set in Soviet Russia, which is so... It's so stereotypically Soviet Russia that it's not even funny. Like, yeah, the, like, almost like the offensively op- so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the the prologue, the opening text box. It is a land of grays. The vodka is colorless. The borscht is tasteless. Gray clouds blot out all sunshine, and freedom is but a distant memory. Listen, can you hear it? The sound of children's laughter. No, of course not. For this is Stalin's Russia, the year 1952, and this is the dreaded Iron Curtain. It's so yeah. bad, it's good. Yeah, yeah. So you start out, in, like, in Soviet Russia with uh, with a typical, like, you know, 1950s mad science experiment that completely goes out of control, and then immediate transition to Doc's house on the hill. It's almost, like, you know, like that single panel right on the second page is, like, so classic horror, like... High Hill, Doc's Mansion, a stormy night, thunder and lightning, and I love just on the on that that panel alone, you get that close up of his mailbox, and there's like this little monster thing peeking out of his (laughs) mailbox. It's like, wait, what do you have living in your mailbox, dude? Does the U.S. Postal Service know about this? (laughs) And I love that um, in the ongoing like thing that it says is crack a boom. That's how like the lightning sounds like crack a boom. It's everywhere. Oh, it, it's good. It's so good. And then, <laughs> oh man, like these next two pages, like I'm not going to go page by page, but just like these next two pages are so funny. Like this mm-hmm. dude who is seriously messed up comes into his house. Doc immediately pulls out his guns and Kelly's like, wait, no, I wouldn't. And she's being calm as can be. Mm-hmm. He shoots, completely misses. And it's like, no. <laughs> that's your five. O'clock, that's your five o'clock appointment. Yes. Wait. Yeah. He, he's supposed to be here. And this poor guy. He looks grotesque. He's got like a whole like his face is three times the size as it should be. Like his head and everything. And his, you know, he's got like green skin, bubbling boils, and his eye is like really droopy, and his teeth are big and yellow. And he's like, it's like the werewolf thing where he's like, a gun. I have a gun. I will shoot you. <laughs> And it, I, I like some of the di- some of the dialogue is so goofy. Like Kelly's just like, "That's yeah, that's no monster. That's your that's Mr. Scrooge, your your new patient. He has the yeah. five o'clock appointment." It's like, but but he looks like a monster. And then Kelly like calms everything down, and Doc's just like, "An honest error enough, certainly no harm done." And it's just like like you can just almost see him being so stereotypically masculine. It's mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh, this is just patriarchal nonsense." It's like. No, this is just comics goodness. And 
uh, one of the things that our listen that our listeners need to know is that if he's not wearing his Mr. Monster costume, Doc is almost always wearing a nice suit of clothes mm-hmm. and over that a very elegant smoking jacket yeah. with skulls embroidered on the hemline and carry and smoking his pipe. Like yeah. he's so classically 1950s uh, American male with that with the smoking jacket and pipe. It's almost almost ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then you gotta also remember that like this is a comic that is meant to also be comedic in nature. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't take it seriously for a panel. Like you just can't. It's no. there's just yeah, it's just for fun. Um, but yes, okay. Do you want to tell us what this gent wants from from Doc Stern? At, yes, at this he, point, he's Doc Stern. He's not Mister Monster yes. yet. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He is Doc Stern. He is uh, this poor gentleman, Mister Scroogey, has a rare blood disease that he has. It's just. It's basically killing him and stuff. And so, Doc agrees to look at his case, and it's all because that this poor gentleman, Mister Scroogey, goes to a faith healer named Mother Globin. And, you know, this guy's cured. And I feel so horrible because it's like uh, I gave her every cent I owned and went off to start a new life. Two weeks later, I was like this. Yeah. And you just feel so bad for this guy because it's like, well, you know, he just he wanted something. If medicine couldn't cure him of his blood disease, okay, apparently a faith healer will. And apparently that faith healer does. And then it's like two weeks later. He looks he looks like the toxic avenger or the elephant man. Yeah. It's, it's he, horrible. It's a scam is what it is. And yes, so, and it's yeah. a horribly brilliant scam too as we learn when we are introduced to Hemo Boy, Hemo a small Boy. child who whose head is like a glass jar full of blood. Yeah. So he's basically like the <laughs> Kool-Aid man wearing wearing pro keds and a and blue jeans and a jacket. And he he is reading the Mr. Monster comic. Oh, I love that. It's so <laughs> meta. That's like he's waving to you out of the panel and in his yeah. hand is a Mr. Monster comic. And I think it's just meant to be like a very like you you can't tell very clearly, but it's I think it's meant to be issue 1 with the case of the reluctant mm-hmm. werewolf. Like like if I were to if that was a much more clear drawing, I'd swear that's issue 1. Yeah. Oh, no, it's got to be. But they had that prologue so that we know that like like, I, I read that previous one, and I'm like, okay, are we coming back to that one? And then and then they jump over into this Hemo Boy comic, and then they said, uh, but enough of this depressing tale. How about a nice, cheerful story for a change? A delightful tale about a cute little boy. A Hemo Boy story. Sounds good, eh? And you're like, okay, so there's a commercial happening? But then you realize that Hemo Boy has everything to do with the, this scam that's going on, you know? Yes. Because his so-called mother, yes, like you know, like she takes the stage in classic, like faith healer, you know, Southern Baptist, whatever fashion. Like sinners, is there not one among yeah. you without sin? Is there not one among you whose sins are ju- not justly punished by sufferings of the flesh? I say not. Will you repent? It's like good grief. Yeah, she's it's so cheesy. It's so cheesy, and and um, this is the mother of Hemo Boy, and she's like, she's horrible looking. Just, like I'm not, oh I'm not gosh. one, to, I'm not one to shame people, but she is a vile looking human being, like just like this huge, yeah. 
huge lump of flesh in a muumu with and with gaudy with a gaudy necklace and gaudy like pearl bracelets on her wrists and everything it's again i am not i'm not one to shame but this character you're meant to hate this character from the moment oh, yeah. you see her they let alone her the like fact yeah well let alone the fact that she is incredibly incredibly mean to her little hemo boy oh, like he yeah. call she calls him a lazy sinful thing and sends him to the store to get geritol pills and some red liver yeah. for dinner and it's like 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 she's making him go to do the grocery shopping even though he doesn't want to go out there because he he's always poor little hemo boy is constantly getting harassed by mm-hmm. neighborhood bullies yeah he's just like the, we spend the whole first part of this uh issue and he's pretty much beat up by jughead <laughs> the guy with yeah. the crown that looks like jughead um and just people are just saying the meanest things to him and then and then she'll say like now, now, why are you crying? You, you're repentant, and your mama forgives you. Just make sure you never lie to her again, or she won't love you anymore. Like she's awful to him. Um, oh. and, yeah, and then we get to this big, the big preachy moment that Josh was talking about, and it's basically hemo boy, and he's very tiny. He's probably like two feet tall. She puts him up on a stool, and she like takes over the whole stage. She says these words like, "You must, you must, uh, you know, I'm going to save you. I'm going to heal you." and the first guy steps up and he's got, I mean, he, he's an old man and he wants to be cured of his old age. And then Hemo Boy shoots him some of his blood that he has basically in his glass container, which is himself. And he's young again and everybody screams, hooray, hooray. And it just keeps, it keeps going on. And this is part of the, the Church of the Holy Corpuscle. Corpuscle. We accept Visa, Corpuscle. MasterCard, American Express. <laughs> Like oh that w- that was so 1980s it's not even ho- that that was just like oh I am loving this it's like yes we it's not just a big pot full of coins and bills they also accept plastic yeah <laughs> and then Mr Monster shows up in all of his glory we forgot to say what Mr Monster looks like so he you guys go Google him he looks fabulous he he go ahead Josh you have you always have the right adjectives to describe this guy he looks great. <laughs> He, Doc Stern is the classic all-American guy. Strong jaw, thick shock of blonde hair, blue eyes, like a very serious countenance. So he's meant to be the idealized American male. Like, you know, rippling muscles uh, bulging out of his out of his action suit. Or even when he's wearing his smoking jacket and, and evening clothes, you know, you can still tell he's got a powerful frame underneath. Mm-hmm. Let alone his, let alone his fast reactions. You know, every time he's drawn down on, whether it's an innocent person who's horribly disfigured like Mister Scroogey or Myron, or if he's getting ready to plug Crudlick or some monster. Yeah, but but when he's Mister Monster, he's... like his costume is his costume is so cool to look at. Bright colors, a huge skull emblem on his chest, a wide a wide, uh, re- uh wrestling belt. With two bright yellow M's uh, on on it, and all, and then of course at his side in his holsters are his dual forty fives. Of course. <laughs> so when even when he's just like, because there's this, and I say that I wanted us to describe him because when he is up against Mother Globin, because she's so grotesque and like just a bigger than life person, but when you see Mister Monster staring at her in the face, you're like, oh, it's gonna take somebody like Mister Monster to call her out. Cause he's like just this big guy, you know, and he's like, 
the jig is up. I know the whole story, Mother Globin. And she's like, how dare you? I am not blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's, but he doesn't really do anything to stop her other than just like stand up to her. (laughs) Yeah. Like to draw her out and everything. And also the fact that, uh, mother Globin don't play nice because she has an, her umbrella has a razor sharp tip and she tries to stab him in the head with it. Yeah. She's like, like that's, that's nasty. Yeah, but then he's like, oh, we're going to play like that. Judgment Day, Mother Globin. And he, like, stabs her in the neck, and they just have, like, this whole all-out battle. And every time somebody, like, hits the ground, it's like there's these big, you know, giant letters that just say, like, slam, squish, you know, ha, 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 ha. It's it's very Adam West. It's very 60s Batman, but it's not campy. Right. I mean, it kind of is, but it really (laughs) isn't, actually. Like, you're meant to see humor, but you're, but it's also serious as well. And then when he finally uh, pulls off Mother Globin's disguise, it's like she is horrible. Like she's mm-hmm. this big red, bl- like you know, monster thing. And it's Blob, like she, yeah. she, like you know, we. And this actually ties all the way back to the prologue uh, in uh, in uh, Stalin's Russia. She was that experiment that ran amok when she was originally just a siphoned syringe of blood that grew mm-hmm. and was doused in certain quote forbidden chemicals. She gained sentience, and instead of being you know embraced by her quote Kremlin comrades, they fear her. So she runs yeah. away, <laughs> and she comes to America disguised as a peasant girl, falls in love with, uh, you know Hubert. Uh, Hemo Boy's father, mm-hmm. and this is this part. This is the part where it's like you feel moderately sympathetic for Mother Globin because like she just wanted to be accepted by people, but she's of course uh, they, she's scary. People are scared of her. She kills her husband on their wedding night. Uh, quote: Yeah, ingest I ingested him whole, all while vowing revenge against all humankind. Revenge with human with Hemo Boy, the twist, the twisted fruit of our union. Like, <laughs> like it's 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 gnarly, man. It is gnarly. It's yeah, and I actually did not catch that story, Josh. Now that you said that, I'm like, oh, is that what was happening? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's almost if you're trying to get this through this really quickly because you just want to check it off your list, you can't. You have to really take your time. Just do it story by story. Um, and there is, there is, there are a lot of words. There's a lot of art. There's a lot of stuff going on. But like when you do see little moments like that or little clues of this, that, and the other, you know, kind of scattered throughout the little Easter eggs that Gilbert absolutely leaves for you. Um, it's fun. You know, it's, it's a ride. This, this comic is a ride if you're to describe it as anything. Yes. Oh, that is absolutely, absolutely true. So, uh, one of the things I know we haven't really discussed, but just the inventiveness of uh, Mr. Monster in combating evil. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, back in issue one, when he threw down with Crudlick, you know, he, he shot him full of holes. He threw down with him, uh, you know, with his fists. And then when mm-hmm. that didn't work, he injected himself with pure vampire extract. And also, I forgot to mention it, how he finally killed Crudlick. He threw him into a uh, acid pool. 
Yes. That he just <laughs> that he just happens to have down in his yeah. sanctum sanctorum. It's like just a pool of acid in his sanctum sanctorum throws <laughs> the, the the werewolf in, and when he's being and when he's being ingested by Mother Globin, a you know a giant cancer cell, he has a vial of liquid sea of liquid nitrogen. Uh, no, not liquid nitrogen of liquefied oxygen in his belt that he uncaps <laughs> and he freezes Mother Globin from the inside out. Like yeah. I love that. Like it is, and it is so dramatic because yeah, very. Like on page twenty three, so you have him doing you know internal dialogue with the narration boxes. Like I held a small bottle of death, liquid <laughs> oxygen, cold enough to freeze even a cell gone mad. Bracing myself, I uncorked the vial. Searing cold enveloped me as I found myself encased in crimson ice. Desperately, I pressed myself against my frozen tomb. Hard. Harder. And then it just immediately, like, breaks. It's like this next moment is like something out of the John Byrne She-Hulk comics, how he literally busts out of the frozen, out of this frozen cancer cell right into the next page with a huge crack, (laughs) like frozen pieces of, like, you know, blood flying everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's so perfectly dramatic. It is, and then and then the whole everybody around him just kind of greets him with like his robe and his pipe. They're like, "Good job, buddy! You saved the day. You saved us." Yes, I love the fact that he just and it's also I like to point out that before he suits up in his costume to combat Mother Globin, he's in the background at at her faith healing uh, thing wearing his smoking jacket and of course he clearly has his pipe in his back in one of his voluminous pockets so after he cleans himself off uh someone hands him his robe and uh some kid gives him his pipe and i love the fact that on the last uh, on page 25 you have a close-up on his pipe and it has a skull yeah uh, like you know carved into the the into wood, the, not, yeah. yeah, not not the stem into the bowl of the pipe, and it was just so. It's it again. It's those little things in uh, Gilbert's artwork that are so absolutely gorgeous. Uh, one thing that I loved about this, and it was so, it's stereotypical, but also hilarious at the same time. Just this gentleman wearing a on the last page, he congratulates the kids for their help, and he also sees his uh, his friend Detective Mullaney comes up, and it's like. Okay, this is where it's getting a little possibly racist because Mulaney, you know, with a name like that, he's he must be like you know Irish American. Irish, yeah. But and then it's his dialogue. Mother of mercy, Mister Monster, what happened? And his dialogue balloon is shaped like a four-leaf clover. Yeah. I just saw that. I did not notice that before. That's what I'm saying. There's so much happening. Yeah, oh. that's pretty clever. I like. Yeah. I actually like that. And then uh, uh, one of the and this and then on the second to last panel on this page, it's like uh, he's talking about uh, Hemo Boy and how he feels bad for this uh, kid and everything. It's like perhaps we'll meet again, but for now, the case of the Hemo Boy horror is closed. Heck of a world, eh, Stern? Come on, I'll buy you a beer. I don't drink beer and it's like okay so you're throwing in a dracula <laughs> moment right there like that whole bit from the novel it's like oh. i do not drink wine <laughs> but it, i love that but, and then there's an epilogue because a story like, story like this needs an epilogue so you have a lot of just really great expository dialogue from gilbert and then it ends 
at a blood bank and you see little Hemo boy hanging out with other jars of blood mm-hmm. among and it's like he's okay. He's among his friends. He's just hanging out with jars of plasma. Yeah. He's he's like reading his Mr. Monster comic just in his little in the blood bank. The <laughs> end. And then you're like, "Wow, that was a ride." And then like and we, and that's all that we decided that we'll um discuss for today, but there's other stories in here. There's one about a garbage monster, a, a lady that gets killed in an alley and then because of this garbage dispute, she turns into a monster over time. There's one called No Escape from Dimension X where um he, you know, uh Dr. Dr. No Zone, the yes, the kidnaps bad guy. Kelly kidnaps Kelly and then Mr. Monster has to go into Dimension X and his suit changes that Josh pointed out um, and it's green instead of the the blue and the red and then there's one called the Yellow Death with zombies in a, and then he has to go into a sewer like they're all so varyingly different but the only two things that are the same are Doc Stern slash Mr. Monster and Kelly they're in yeah. every one <laughs> Yeah, that's and, and and it was that ref, and it was that consistency that I found so refreshing over the years uh with Mr. Monster and his stories mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, so the publisher may change. Like for example, uh I talked about this at the beginning of the show, uh eventually Eclipse Comics sadly went under, but because uh Gilbert had you know, he owned the trademark on Mr. Monster. That meant that he could take him with him. So, uh, and I would love to discuss this with you, not for, uh, not obviously we're, you know, if you've got everything else lined up for, for here for the rest of the month, but for a future episode, I would love to discuss the second run of Mr. Monster comics, which was put out by Dark Horse, which actually also was the updated origin of Mr. Monster. For oh. um for under Michael T Gilbert's auspices and uh sto- and story and story work and stuff so that that we 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 should I would love to br- to come back to discuss that with you another day the second mm-hmm. run of Mister Monster which is the origin of the man the myth well, the legend okay see yeah I think that from this um I felt kind of disconnected from Mister Monster because I was like where'd you come from buddy like. Where'd you get all your money? Like, where is Kelly from? But, I mean, you definitely suspend disbelief for a second. You're like, all right, we're just going to love this guy, and he's our main dude. But, yeah, I would definitely love to know what the origin was and how the heck he got got Mr. His Mr. Monster persona. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely something to discuss another day. But I would love to I, – I, I, we've talked about it a lot and I've said it a lot, but these comics, again, they're so enjoyable, even though they're from ni- the, the mid 1980s, some of the, you know, stereotypes, notwithstanding, like the fact that, like, you know, mother Globin is from, you know, the, the madness of Stalin's Russia and the, and the science experiments of the Kremlin and everything. And Mr. Mm-hmm. Monster is, you know, a stereotypical guy and everything and that he's sometimes think first, uh, no, uh, action first, think logic later and everything. He's meant to be the typical, like, you know, idealized man. And Kelly is drawn as your very standard, voluptuous female and everything, who, although she's she's got a brain in that pretty head of hers, you know, she's not just some ditzy assistant or what have you. She's, a, she's clearly a key part of Mr. Monster's war on all manner of uh, villainy and creepy things that go bump in the night. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Well, thank you for introducing this to me. I really appreciate it. That was fun. 
Oh, it was my pleasure. And thank you for uh, having me on as part of your 31 Days of Horror to discuss the first two issues of Michael T. Gilbert's Doc Stern, Mr. Monster from Eclipse Comics. Yes. And I mean, the, just discussing those two took us almost an hour and that because there's just so much happening. Like it's it's a full on story like he puts he throws everything into it. his characters his art his words his font everything is like it's a freaking art piece so you guys if you ever come across a mr monster by michael t gilbert definitely pick up pick it up just flip through it and see what the heck we're talking about because it's just it's a fun it's a fun little book to just pick up whenever and even if you just flip through it you're like whoa what did i just see whoa <laughs> it's a uh, it's a wild ride man it's a totally crazy roller coaster but it's worth getting on and yeah. you may not and you may not want to get off. I haven't gotten off. I'm I'm still going on it. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you, Mr. Josh, for joining us once again to talk about actually this is history of comics because this is a historical comic. The, you know, it's a rebooted historical comic from the golden age nonetheless. Yes, and that, I I always found that interesting that it's like you know guy character that was so minor he only showed up twice in the late forties yeah. and then is suddenly given new life by Gilbert in the eighties and he's and the character is still going strong to this day like you got to appreciate that you got to you got to well cool Josh can you tell us where we can find you out there All in right. the ether yes so as Tess said. I do uh, some of my best work with uh, the Triple C podcast. Uh, it's uh, every week. It's me, Mari, Kevin, and Zach doing a new episode. They are they come out every Monday morning. Uh, around uh, we usually to put them out between seven or eight o'clock in the morning Chicago time. We just we, we talk about geek stuff, man. We talk about everything from comics to movies, TV, video games, manga, everything. We also are not afraid to get into the hard issues because mm-hmm. this is a crazy world we live in. And I know I brought this up the last time I was on the show, but if you don't actually stop and pay attention to the harshness of reality, and if you only look at things through a glorified worldview, then you're never going to actually fully accept that the world is a crazy place, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad, but there is also a lot of good. There's good, like 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 your show, like this thing, like this wonderful thing you're doing. Thirty-one days Aww. of horror comics. That's an amazing thing. That is a Aww, gift. You. That is a fantastically spooky <laughs> gift. And has honestly been making the month of October just fly by for me because I don't because every day is a new episode, a oh, new yeah. comic for me to sink my fangs into, and I absolutely love that man. It's a Thank it's you. a great ride, but just to finish up that thought, if you want to have a howling good time with us over at the Triple C Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeart Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you get your podcasting fix, we are there pumping out nerdy goodness every week for you and everyone else out there in the nerdverse. We are also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are hopefully at some point going to be branching off into other forms of social media too. I know that we have constantly joked about putting out a Patreon page at some point. It will eventually happen. I don't know when, but it will eventually happen. Mm-hmm. And if you ever, for everyone out there who's listening, if you ever, ever, ever 
have questions that you would like us to answer on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us on either Instagram or Twitter or write to us at cccnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is cccnerdpodcast at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe your question will get answered on an episode of the show. You never know until you send us one, folks. That's right. You never know. And I bet you they will answer it because they love getting questions. They, they love any excuse to talk about the nerd world and how awesome it is. And yeah, they, they say it like it is. I was just listening to an episode. You guys freaking rock. I mean, I learned something new every single week. <laughs> uh, go, uh, go on with your bother now. <laughs> Said in a four-leaf clover uh, caption bubble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. Tune in tomorrow for day 22 of 31 days of horror. Say bye, Josh. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast 31 Days of Horror. If you like what you're hearing, please follow OCD on any of your favorite podcatchers. Take it a step further and leave a five-star Apple Podcast review. (laughs) That really helps me out. Thank you. You can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast or facebook.com slash OCD podcast. Tune in tomorrow as I review another horror Halloween comic. 